In previous shows, we've talked about the importance of collecting your first party data. We've also talked about how buyer personas can hone in on your target audience. Now let's complete that circular marketing plan with the sales process. Hello again, Blythe Bramley with digitaldispatch.io here, and today's guest is Forrest Dumbrow. He's the founder over at Solve Sales, and he's been in digital marketing for 17 years now. With that many years of experience, you can bet he has some learn from my mistakes energy, especially when it comes to the step that's often overlooked, like establishing a proper process for your sales and marketing. Yes, that friendly reminder of something else you gotta do. But if you like that, then I think you'll like the rest of this interview. Hope you all enjoy. So let's switch gears on how we can use all of that insight in order to apply it to our sales process and complete that circular marketing plan. And so let's go ahead and bring in Forrest Dombrow. He is the founder and owner of Solve Sales. Welcome in, Forrest. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, now, now from your bio, I, I, I was reading it and it says you've been in digital marketing and sales for 17 years. And we know digital has obviously changed over that course of time. Hell, I mean, it's, it's changed so much just within the last year. But what do you think has been the biggest change that affects us all now? Yeah, I think there's, there's sort of a two-part answer. When I first started in digital marketing, it was back in around 2004. Uh, Facebook wasn't even really a thing. And um, so what I've seen over the years in particular is a lot of stuff getting better out of the box. So, for example, I used to do a lot of work with conversion rate optimization and everybody's website was terrible back then. Now you can get a a template for free or for, for a small fee and it's got calls to action. It's got a lot of stuff that websites just never had back then. So I think people are starting in a lot better position but the other thing is that along with that, there's just so many choices, right? Should I advertise on Facebook, LinkedIn? Where, where should I go? So I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, get ranked on Google, have a five-page website done. Now, there's so many things you could do. And I think people get a little bit overwhelmed trying to or feeling like they have to do everything. So those yeah, are some I mean, of the big changes I've seen. I, I would definitely co-sign that just because there's so many platforms to be in and it's it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of business owners to to know which place to even get started. Um, but right. but you've been in the game for a, a long time. You're also a former attorney and you're an author of Clone the Ace. And uh, now for our our audience, they're they're mainly in you know transportation warehouse logistics services. Now you you specialize in more of the the, the digital marketing services side of things, but I'm curious to know it, it, how applicable clone the ace and and the teachings that you have in that book if they're applicable to other service-based industries the short answer is they absolutely are i actually struggled when i came up with the tagline for the book or the subheadline should i make it so narrow because really it does apply to a lot of service businesses but i took my own medicine or advice because in the book i talk about the importance of specialization and niching and having unique value so Despite the fact that it, uh, on the surface, is focused on digital marketing agencies, there's lots in there that applies to any kind of service-based business. For example, I talk about the importance of having a consistent process, consistent sales process. That's going to be important almost no matter what you sell. Um, I talk about the importance of 
positioning and unique value also something that applies to just about any business. So a lot of the examples and stuff are definitely digital marketing heavy, uh, but it, most of the core concepts apply across the board. And in fact, one of our largest clients is actually in the freight and logistics industry. Nice. Well, when it comes to, you know, modern sales teams and, and based off of your experience being in the industry for so long, where do you think that most companies get it wrong when, when they're either establishing or making changes to their sales team? Yeah. So I think a couple things pop to mind and it, it kind of depends on the size of the company. We tend to focus on middle, you know, mid-market companies that have five to say 25 sales reps. Um, so it might be a little bit different for solopreneurs or, or giant companies that have hundreds of sales reps. But I think one of the things I see over and over is, especially on the smaller end, um, people hiring sales reps and, oh, they have a sales background. Here's a stack of business cards, if anybody actually still uses business cards. And it's just kind of they're thrown to the wolves, you know, go go out and go hunt and get us business. And they're expected to kind of do it all and come back with a feast. Um, and so I think that's difficult to find people that can be good at all the various aspects of generating, you know, prospects and, and, and running them through the entire sales process. So I see that as, as a big as a big issue that continues. Now, you've mentioned the importance of processes and, and you're big on system and systems and processes. In fact, in your book, you mentioned that you have six core sales principles that you use in your process itself. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those six processes? Sure. I'm going to have to cheat and look at my book. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the first one is position your agency to win. And that's what I was talking about before. And it's it's one of the things it's our unique differentiator. So a lot of sales consultancies. They go right to sales skills, sales training, prospecting, things of that, how to close. And of course, we do that. But what we like to say is why don't we spend a little bit up time, a little bit of time up front developing your products, your positioning, your services, such that you're coming to market with something that's unique. Um, that's going to make marketing and lead generation easier as well as the actual sales process. So a specific example would be I had a client that was a digital marketing agency. They specialized in e-commerce companies. So when you decided to go to trade shows to generate marketing or when you decided on content marketing, it was very easy to figure out what to speak on. And then in the sales process, um, people would call and say things like, you know, we're talking to two or three other agencies, but you're the only one that focuses on e-commerce or specializes in that. So we're already more interested in you. Um, so that's a first step. That's kind of a foundational principle. After that, I talk about taking an attraction-based approach to lead generation. A lot of people, again, they hand people a stack of business card or a lead list. You know, they want them to bang the phones and outbound Cold prospecting is obviously still alive and, and something that can be used to great effect. But what I like to say is if, you, if you've done that positioning work and you figured out the right marketing plan, um, you can start to attract people to you rather than having to bug people and cold call them. So that's a big, a big theme throughout the book. Mm. Um, taking a team selling approach is the third one. Um, that's, in, that's related to the issue I mentioned in that people are expected to do too many things in a lot of cases. You have to be good at you know, lead generation, uh, be great at sales, be great at uh, administrative aspects of, of running the sales process. And it becomes pretty difficult if you're trying to scale. So having a team selling approach 
is about breaking up the sales process and not having one person expected to do everything. Um, and I think that's really critical as companies want to grow. Um, the next one is talking about being a strategic sales doctor. So that's another problem we see pretty often is that salespeople tend to be order takers. The client calls up, they say they want some, some SEO or some service that they sell and they just sell it to them or try to sell it to them instead of um, taking a more strategic approach, doing a good diagnosis process, uh, kind of acting more like a doctor and figuring out what they really need. Because a lot of times people ask for things that are that are the wrong, the wrong solution and things of that nature. So we talk about taking a strategic approach, um, closing deals with authentic and value based selling. So that's another issue we see is people don't do a good job of 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 presenting the value in their sales process and taking an authentic approach. Um, they may be reading from scripts or just really being too focused on their commission and winning the deal and not authentically really trying to help the customer. Hmm. And the last one is tracking and automation. Obviously there's a lot of CRM systems out there, but we don't, people don't tend to track all the right activity to be able to troubleshoot um, their sales process and where they're falling down. So we help people understand what are the steps how are we going to track it? And how can you calculate conversion rates from one step to the next to see where people are dropping off? Now, I, I was listening to an interview that you had mentioned that you regularly like to listen in on, on sales calls to look for those little pieces of insights that you can use in order to, mm -hmm. to better sell to that prospective customer. When you're on these sales calls, what kind of, what kind of nuggets of information are you looking for? Yeah, so what I'm typically keying in on is problems, right, and complaints. So if a customer is complaining about something, that's an insight I can use to help sell because I don't want to just present the benefits of my offering in a vacuum. I want to connect it to what they actually care about. So, you know, getting that insight into what they actually care about, what their problem is. And I think a lot of salespeople, you know, everybody says, you got to listen, you got to listen. And I think a lot of people, including myself, can be better listeners and key in for the thing that's really going to connect with that particular prospect. Now, when you're collecting this insight and you're mapping out these different processes, how would you select or how would you suggest to a sales member or a salesperson of how they should use the insight that they have in order to maybe help the help you know the marketing department? Because I'm I'm of the opinion that I I believe that sales and marketing are are becoming more blended as far as some of the skill sets that are involved. But I still think that yeah. there's a communication gap with a lot of, with a lot of companies between marketing and sales. How would you suggest the sales team help the marketing team out? Yeah, that's a great question. So when, when, when I do this, I actually will keep a log and I call it a problem log or complaint log. So as I am listening in on sales calls, I just create, create a log. You know, everybody seems to ask about this. Everybody has a, a concern about this. And once I have a good list, then I can go back to the marketing team and help them understand, hey, when you're writing the website, the homepage, whatever, make sure you hit these points because these are the things people are concerned about. So kind of just feeding back that stuff to the marketing team and, and pointing out maybe, hey, you're not really talking, you're talking about A over here, but really everybody cares about B. And so that's just one simple way to do it. And I think it's, 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 when, even when clients hire me for more of a marketing engagement, um, that's where I start. I always say, I want to listen to, I want to hear what's going on on the front lines. There's no better marketing research 
you can do, I don't care if you're trying to create personas or strategy or whatever it might be, then listening to actual prospects um, calling in and you get, so maybe even having the marketing team listen in on some sales calls so they can hear what real people trying to buy these products or services are concerned about. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of marketing being even that first line of offense or really defense. And that's figuring out why yeah. they're calling, where they're coming from and in order to better help your marketing in the future, because I mean, the sales team is probably thinking uh, at a majority of companies that these leads are trash. And so how does marketing make <laughs> their lives easier? Yeah. And so I think that that is one of the, right. the, the better ways to do that. Now, what, what about the teams that are, are working maybe as, as solopreneurs or, or maybe they have, you know, person wearing multiple hats that, that's trying to tackle sales and marketing? Do, do you have any actionable tips that you can leave the audience with from your book maybe um, that will help them hone in on that marketing and sales strategy now and in the future? Yeah, I'm going to start with one that's not in the book and that people have probably heard before, but... I feel like it's been really important in my career recently, and that's the you just just leveraging outside help. So especially if you're a solopreneur, I know maybe a lot of them don't have a ton of extra money to hire a full time person, but you know I recently wanted to do an email campaign, and I hired someone on Upwork for ten dollars to build me a list. That was taking me a long time. In fact, being on the show, I hired someone to help book me on podcasts. So. First, you know, can you outsource something for, you know, that in a way that you can afford it to get it done? That's really important. Um, the other quick actionable things I think that can really help is, is keying in on efficiency. And so you can be efficient in a couple different ways. Number one, you can do what I talked about earlier. Take a look at your positioning. Can you make yourself a little bit more unique so you don't look like everybody else in your market? That's going to make marketing and sales easier and take a little bit less time. So I think that's something you can, you can focus on specialization by industry, but maybe you only do Facebook advertising or whatever your types of services are. Um, so I think that's a quick thing. And then the next thing would be, even if it's on half a sheet of paper, just document your sales process. How do you follow up with leads? Um, do you have a template so that when you go into that first meeting, you have the questions that you need to ask to extract the information to actually be a good sales doctor? So I think positioning, um, documentation of the steps, and then some templates um, that you can use along the way or, or you know, relatively simple steps you can take to, to create efficiency and then even outsource some of those tasks. Absolutely. Love that piece of advice because I think so few uh, really document their own processes. And then when they go to hire someone, it makes that all the more challenging because they don't have any processes documented. All right, Forrest, wh what, uh, where can people follow more of your work? Where can they find the book? All that good stuff. Sure. So you can find the book on amazon.com uh, for sure. But you can also go to our website, solvesales.com. That's like solve a problem and then sales.com. And on there, there's a book page where I give away the, the beginning of the book through chapter two, which actually goes through the entire process of positioning and, and getting that specialization dialed in. So you can do that right, right there on the website. Perfect. Thank you so much for us. This was great insight and, and an important lesson to a lot of folks out there is to hone in on your processes. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Take care. I hope you enjoy that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself. So word of mouth goes a long way. 
You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleaf, and I will see you real soon.